Blackwich family, not owned by the Chandlers, and the lease had expired two years ago. Larry Blackridge had extended the lease for the lifetime of Cheyenne Chandler, Larry's grandfather. But Cheyenne was gone, and the homestead had passed into Blackridge hands. No more Chandlers would live in the expanded, often repaired, and much-loved family home that lay in the center of the Blackridge's Rocking Bee Ranch. The name of the little valley would go on, however, passed from generation to generation, as stories were told about the past. It had been called the Chandler Homestead for the past century. It would be called that in a hundred years. The names of Blackridge and Chandler had become part of the Montana landscape itself, which meant that Carson Blackridge was very much a part of Lara Chandler, no matter how hard she tried to ignore him, especially there in the midst of the rocking bee. Every time she turned around, she would think of him, remember him, remember what he had done to her. He was part of her personal history, in many ways, the most important part. Fine, Lara muttered to herself. So write a paper about Carson and file it under M for mistake, or miserable, misogynist, how about that? She sighed and gave up trying to characterize Carson in a single polite word. It would have been easier to forget him if he had made her unhappy while they were together. He hadn't. Having him close, seeing his rare smiles come more frequently while he was with her, talking with him, touching him, laughing with him. Miserable? Hardly. For a few short months, she had lived in the center of rainbows, and sunlight had been a river of gold pouring into her outstretched hands. Sure said Lara in a clipped tone. Pigs flew then, too, remember? Swiftly, she emptied the suitcase, wondering with every moment if she had made a mistake coming back. There was nothing to tie her to the rocking bee but memories and a history that had no place for her. Her grandfather was dead, her mother was dead, and the man who had never called her daughter was also dead. Lara's hands hesitated as she remembered the call that had come to her aunt's house two months before. She had answered the phone. Carson's deep, gritty voice had told her that Larry Blackridge was dead. Hearing Carson's voice again after four years had been like being dropped into fire. She had barely heard the words he was saying for the sudden roar of blood in her ears. And then the words had penetrated. The man who had adopted Carson and never called him son the man who had fathered Lara and never called her daughter, the man her mother had loved well but not wisely. Lawrence Blackridge was dead. To this day, Lara didn't remember what she had said to Carson, or if she had said anything at all. Her next memory was of standing in the thin March twilight, staring at the phone in her hand. A wailing sound was coming from the receiver. For an instant, she had wondered if the phone was mourning her dead father, Finally, she realized that she had simply kept the phone off the hook too long. Lara hadn't gone to the funeral. She had told herself that she had stayed away because it was too soon after her own grandfather's death to face the sadness of another loss. Yet even as she told herself that, she knew it wasn't true. Cheyenne Chandler had lived and died as he wanted to, in the center of the ranch he loved. After years of declining health, death had come to him as a friend taking nothing from him that he hadn't wanted to give. She would miss Cheyenne for the rest of her life, but she wouldn't mourn him. He was still a part of her, 
His laughter and gentleness lived in her memories, and the love he had given to her was in every breath she took. It was Carson she hadn't wanted to face, not sorrow. Lara still didn't want to face him. You don't have to, she reminded herself as she snapped the big suitcase shot and shoved it under the bed. Your study covers 1860 to 1960. Carson's personal memories of the ranch are useless. He was too young. The idea of Carson's being too young for anything made Lara pause. She had never thought of him as a child. To her, he had always been an adult, and the nine years' difference in their ages an unbridgeable gulf. Even when they had dated, she had been more than a little in awe of Carson. That had faded gradually as her lifelong infatuation with him had deepened into love. She had thought that he returned her love. M.